Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air, and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. We will be arriving in six hours and 58 minutes, so sit back and enjoy the ride. Okay. Seven footers fam. How's it going out there, Gerard? I'm doing good, man. We are in the midst of the conference semis. Uh, you know, one game's happened everywhere. Game two's tonight. It's exciting times, Jedi, in these playoff streets. The conference semis. This is what separates the losers <laughs> from the good guys. <laughs> I was like, are you gonna say the men from the boys? I was like, I was like, what cliche are we gonna use here? <laughs> I know. I you know, I wanted to use that one because it's extremely common, but I couldn't think of it. So I had to think of something quick on my feet. I got real nervous. I started to sweat. It's only been like two minutes into the podcast, but that's what happens when you're in the midst of the playoffs, Gerard. True, true. When you're fighting for the Larry O'Brien at the Larry end of this O'B. thing. Yeah, Larry so, O'B. Let's talk about another situation that has uh, Boston fans on edge right now. And mm. this is the series with the Bucks. The Bucks lead 1-0. And game two is tonight, like you said, as we're recording this on May 3rd. But they're going to be without their defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart because he suffered that quad injury in game one. And he's been ruled out for game two. Huge, huge piece missing for the Seas. Talk to me about how nervous we should be tonight. I mean, look, it, it's a it's a long series. Boston is still an excellent team. Um, you know, they were the number one defense in the league. Now, Smart was a huge part of that, right? At the point of attack, defensive player mm-hmm. of the year. But it's because Jason Tatum has given, has, you know, really showed out on that end of the floor, particularly once the calendar turned 2022. Jalen Brown's an excellent defender. Al Horford has found the fountain of youth. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean. He's chugging that thing. This dude, like, a year ago, we were like, oh, is that dude even any good anymore? Like, all of a sudden, like, he's just looking like, you know. I was a Horford shit talker. Right. I was. Prime peak Al Horford. It's crazy. And, of course, Robert Williams, Time Lord. Doing a thing. Not to mention, guess what the bench, like, Grant Williams. Grant Williams is very much in that P.J. Tucker mold, built like a fire hydrant. Like you're not like you're just not moving it. It's like, well, yeah, no. Good luck, right? It's all and so, in the paint. Exactly. And so I think that they'll be fine. Um, they're gonna miss him, of course. And you know, he isn't the greatest offensive player in the world, Marcus Smart, but um he has he does play within the flow of the offense now. He does make and take timely threes now, less of those sort of like heat check ones that he used to do earlier in his career. So I think they're they're gonna miss Marcus Smart a bit in this game. Um, but that just means Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are going to have to really step up, and the bench guys are going to have to step up as well. Do you think they could do it without him? I think it'll be tough. I, I On our betting show, I picked the the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I just felt like, again, when you lose that at the point of attack and just all the little things he does in terms of drawing charges, getting up under guys, and when he switches out onto different people, you know, I think it'll, it'll allow guys like Grayson Allen and Drew Holiday – Pat Connaughton, Giannis even, right? So when Boston's switching, 
right? Like I think not having him as as a switch is gonna is gonna hurt them a little bit. I do think Milwaukee takes this game tonight, and it go and they and it goes back to Milwaukee uh down 0-2 for Boston and then you know then we'll see kind of what what happens there this is a prime opportunity for Milwaukee to kind of like really shake things up and force Boston to get a little desperate if they go down 0-2 yeah definitely however I mean Boston makes me nervous in terms of playoff longevity if they were to fall into that 0-2 position and then go back to Milwaukee you don't want to be you don't want to be away when you're down like that so that's definitely crunch time there but time will tell let's switch over to the bucks because they also don't have a key piece in chris middleton and he's been rolled out for game two with that knee injury he's been struggling with and Giannis has also struggled though without his partner on the floor there so for sure you know what are the bucks chances in all of this so i think what's interesting there if you're a celtics fan jenna keep this game close because if this game is close Chris Middleton is their best perimeter on ball single shot creator. Right. Um, and you know, not having someone who can do that will be tight in close. It will be tough to deal with in close situations, particularly if the the Celtics make an adjustment and they kind of wall off uh, the rim uh, for against Giannis and those rim attacks. And even though Giannis in the last game, he didn't really shoot the ball that well. He missed a lot of bunnies at the rim, um, you know, the, the size and physicality of the Celtics did bother him as well. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, it's all about the, the Bucks' physicality. So if they can keep this game close and the and the Bucks will require that sort of single off the dribble shot creator and Giannis can't do it. And now you're going to put that pressure on Drew Holiday. I think that'll be interesting. Boston could find a way to make this 1-1 going back. I think Milwaukee still wins it, but it wouldn't surprise me if the game is close and they don't have Middleton, that this is exactly what the Celtics want. Yeah, I think this one's going to come down to the end there. So we'll see about this. But let's move on and talk about this Heat Sixers series because Miami leads 1-0. And, you know, I would have put my money on the Sixers, but they're without Joel Embiid now. So he's got that orbital fracture, the concussion. And uh, I believe I read that he was having symptoms from the concussion. So they were monitoring that. But... He is still unclear for the status for this series with Miami. So uh, Doc said he's feeling better. What's the vibe here? Because, I mean, hey, he's the best player on your team. Oh, I mean, look, no Embiid, they have no shot, right? And it looks like potentially game three, maybe game four. If you're the 76ers, though, you have to go back to Philly, somehow find a way to be tied 1-1. Because if you go back down 0-2 and Embiid, let's say Embiid, it's not game three, it's game four. Well, man, like now you're really you're asking a lot on him coming back to dominate, which of course he can and change the whole the whole nature of the series. Look, anything can happen, but I think the Sixers are gonna require better shooting from their starters. Maxi and and Harden have got to fill it up better from the perimeter. Uh Tobias Harris had a pretty good game in game one. You know, but this is this is a James Harden series, and it's not like he needs to be Houston Rockets James Harden 35, 10, and 10. No, he just needs to be scoring efficiently and getting better looks for better looks for his guys. And again, those guys have to knock those shots down. Uh Paul Reed in the pick and roll, getting him to do some different things. Paul Reed needs to stay on the stay on the floor, not foul as much. Um, but you know, it, it's a tall order without Embiid because he's so much of everything. And you know, the Harden Embiid pick and roll is deadly. Right. And not having that as, a, as something to turn to, you can see is really, really hurting the 76ers. But they did some good things in that last game, Jenna. Like they had the lead going into halftime. They played well in that second quarter. 
They played well to start the third, you know, then kind of Miami just kind of ratcheted up another level midway through the third and the Sixers had nothing. And, you know, that's something that changed there. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, what Doc comes up with. Yeah. I mean, before we move um, over to Miami, Doc is going to obviously up DeAndre Jordan's minutes because he's going to be Embiid's obvious replacement. But I mean, what are your thoughts about him really taking over that position at this point? Because I mean, you know, there's a big gap between Embiid and uh, Jordan. This is no disrespect, but DeAndre, what are we doing? DeAndre Jordan? Like, come on, man. (laughs) What are we doing? (laughs) Like, and the the thing about it is Paul Reed, yes, he's not as big as DeAndre Jordan, obviously, but he's much more mobile, much more active. The Celtics were, Celtics, excuse me, the Sixers were negative, were minus in all the DeAndre Jordan minutes last night. He had a couple good moments. But anytime you've got to rely on him for 15, 20 plus minutes, like that's not good. And Doc, you know, look, Doc's stubborn and the media has been asking him after Ooh. games about, oh, you're going to, well, we're going to start, uh, we're going to start DeAndre because we like it, whether you like it or not. Like, and it's just like, you know, that's what someone like Doc's going to do. They're going to double down on their position and like be strident. And, you know, when you've accomplished a lot in your career and it looks like you have to do something different and someone outside of like, the basketball world is telling you to do something different. It's going to make you just more stride than your beliefs. Right. And doc's just stubborn in that way. And he's not going to budge off that fact. And it's like, bro, look, Deandre Jordan getting cooked out there. Like, it's just, it's just not, listen, I get it. Paul Reed is not perfect, but no, there is no perfect solution. You don't have Joel Embiid. Right. So, I mean, yeah. So I think you need to be a little more flexible when it comes to that situation and just try to see, okay, maybe we steal a couple minutes here and there. And like, Maybe DeAndre Jordan gets like two or three, but like extended minutes of DeAndre Jordan is not a good look. It is poor, poor, poor. Like, and we saw it. We saw it in the first half. We saw it a, a bit in the, in the second half as well. You know, and Doc said after the game, well, to a man, everybody in the locker room said, we want DeAndre. It's like, yeah, man, but you're the coach. Guess what they say? Like, you, you got to know, like, uh, yeah, but DeAndre ain't really working out so well right now. Like, we're, we're, we're getting cooked in isolation when you got to get, get him in space. It's tough. So it'll be interesting to see. But, look, this comes down to Embiid, Jenna. If Embiid is not able to play at all, or if he's if, or if he's by the time he's ready to play, it's already, you know, 3-0 or 3-1. Like, you know, I don't know yeah. what we're doing here. And, you know, when you're going up against a team like the Miami Heat in the postseason, I mean, I wouldn't want the Miami Heat on a good day. So, exactly. yeah, and I mean, no offense to the Sixers because I got a lot of love for them, but they tend to Sixer through the playoffs, <laughs> which means they choke early on and they just find a way to F it up. And I really hope that doesn't happen. So I'll say this, Jenna, if they lose in this round, which is likely, it's going to be a lot of changes in Philly. Remember, you can't listen. Ben Simmons has his issues, but you can't blame him this year because he ain't there. Right. Like, so he, he's not the reason for your, your your troubles this playoffs and this whole James Harden situation. Right. Like, are you giving that dude a max contract extension based on? What I you, hope not. Right. Based on what you've seen since you've been here, what gives you the, 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 the idea that, yeah. Let me sign this guy to a five-year, two hundred and forty million, or whatever that deal is. This consistent guy who has recently been slightly a journeyman. So, I mean, not to you know, I hate quoting other people, but I was hearing uh, on Sports Center the other day. Jalen Rose was talking about Harden, and he said something along the lines of, "I'm paraphrasing, but he said something like, the more you 
move teams, but he said something else. The more you like travel or whatever, the less, what is it? The less, he said something like the less of the guy that you become, less of the consistent, like, like the guy you become. Yeah. So let's, yeah, I know. It hit me. I'm with you there. Let's let's unpack the Harden situation a little bit. This is a man who won an MVP, who finished runner up in top five multiple times. All NBA performer, like one of the great offensive players in the history of basketball. The last time we saw him play that elite level basketball was in Brooklyn before the hamstring injuries, right? When he get when he moved over to Brooklyn, we were like, oh man, Harden, KD, Kyrie, this Lethal, is gonna be right scary it, it, hours. Scary hours, right? It was looking good. Once those hamstring injuries hit last season during the playoffs, he has not been the same player since. You're he right. has flashes of brilliance here and there every now and then, but the consistency is not there. And as you age in sport, what happens to great players is you can still be great. The problem is you can't be great on a consistent basis like you used to, particularly someone like Harden who, you know, let's just call us, call it what it is. Someone who likes to enjoy the nightlife and who doesn't really spend a lot of hours I don't mean in the basketball gym working on his moves, but in the gym where the weights and the other equipment are to keep your body in peak tip top physical shape. Right. Yeah. He is not, he's not, he's not a workout warrior in that way. And, you know, not keeping your body in, you know, let's contrast him with LeBron James. Right. We know all like LeBron sure. James spends, well, I know you're loving this, but, and this, this is not to like, cause whatever. But look, the rumors are LeBron spends a million dollars a year, give or take on his body. What, like, that's not Harden doesn't do that, right? Or anything close to that. And you see the difference, right? LeBron's still able to play around peak level basketball at the age of 36. Harden's what, 31, 32? And it's already looking like he's falling off a cliff, right? And again, it's because of the lack of dedication to that part of the game, right? And realizing, I mean, it was cool to go out and while out when I was in my 20s and do all that. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to do that now. But he's still continuing that same life. And, look, he's made a lot of money. He's won MVPs. He's set in many ways. But it's like, dude, this back end of your career, if he doesn't change some things, Jenna, is not looking good. No, right. And, hey, I mean, he's already somewhat created a type of reputation that is – treading in that direction. So, you know, I hope that he's able to turn things around soon. But yeah, we shall see. Let's move over to Miami and talk about them because although, you know, Embiid is out, they're also missing Kyle Lowry. And that's Mm -hmm. a big offensive piece for them. And of course, on the defensive end too. And they didn't have the best game in game one. So Kyle Lowry is still dealing with that. What was it? A calf injury? Yeah. From the last uh, Mm -hmm. series with the Hawks, game three. And, um, yeah, he's out for uh, game two. So key pieces, the Heat need to turn it up. I don't, I, I don't have any reason to believe that they won't. But yeah, no, thoughts? I mean, look, if if you're Miami, you want to finish this series quickly and hope mm-hmm. that the Celtics Bucks series goes <laughs> long so that Lowry can get more rest. So that Jimmy Butler, who's dealing with a little couple of things, he can just get more rest and heal, right? Because the physical nature, the style of which the Heat play basketball, it takes a toll on your body all regular season. We talk about Heat culture all the time, right? And how they have to test at a certain percent body fat and all these different things. Over the course of an 82-game season, the way they grind, and to then now come for the playoffs, right? The next 16 games that you have to win, which are the most high leverage and the most high intensity, 
That is a lot of stress and demand on the body, particularly for older players like Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler. These are all guys in their 30s. They're not in their mid-20s, right? So I think, look, Tyler Hero is playing well for them right now, which is good. Um, you know, we didn't see Duncan Robinson in game one. We might see him in game two, not because he's injured, just because uh, Spo was like, no, nah, he's not in the rotation, right? Because he can get attacked defensively or for whatever reasons. But that's the beauty of Miami, right? They have so many different options. I also look for this to be a Bam at a bio series, right? With no Joel Embiid, Bam's got to dominate. He played well in game yep. one, 24 and 10, I want to say off the top of my head, something like that. He's got to continue to be, um, you know, that type of player and that dominant player, especially with Joel Embiid out. 100%. I mean, I think that's going to come down to the wire too, just because of the different absences they have in their rosters. So we shall see about that one. Let's move on and talk about the Grizzlies Warriors series because the dubs took game one, but you know, it was pretty thin margins there to say the least at some points, but let's talk about this because we have Draymond Green, who's already getting spicy to start the series off. And uh, you know, I mean, the man, you got to talk about the dedication, though. I mean, that drama, that shit happens in the game. He runs back, puts a T-shirt on, throws the glasses on, tapes a podcast. I mean, damn. What, you know, did he stretch? I hope. Uh, I mean, it looks like he showered, got himself nice and oh, clean. Yeah. And, like, you know, had the fresh Cartier sunglasses <laughs> on, you know, dabbing up his guys, recorded a podcast. Look, let it, let it not be said. Draymond does not understand the assignment, right? Like, he knows this is entertainment. And yeah. this is this is what this is. And this is what everybody's tuning in for. Um, and actually, his podcast has been very good when he's talking about like actual basketball and breaking down stuff. You know, he's one of the yeah. more insightful, insightful players we have in, in the league. Uh, just to quickly touch on, you know, the, the ejection for him. I mean, look, Draymond and Brandon Clark said it after the game. I've been watching Draymond do that my whole life, like on TV. Like, this is what he does. Right. Draymond straddles that line, right? Of sometimes going over the line. And, you know, he did. Like, he swiped down at the ball. Yeah. He missed, hit Clark in the face. And then, as he came down, he grabbed down his jersey and tugged him towards the ground. Now, at the end, he did try to hold him up. But you still went, right? The motions were still what they were. You made contact to the face and the head area. Automatic yeah. flagrant to, like, it is what it is. Right. That's what no, doesn't like the leagues were sending it. So you got what you got. So Draymond's got to be careful because, as you know, there's a point system in the postseason. Once you get four flagrant foul points, that's an automatic one game suspension. Well, a flagrant two gives you two points. So Draymond's already halfway there. We know he got kicked out of the 2016 finals for literally punching and or kicking LeBron James in the private parts. Right. So, I mean, some would argue he lost that series for them. You know, what's so funny about that, Jenna. People always say that. And I'm like, look, they were up three one. He got suspended for game five. He was <laughs> back for game six and game seven. So uh, I don't want to hear, oh, if Draymond didn't get suspended, we would have won. No, you had him back for the last two games. And game seven was <clears throat> on your home floor at Oracle and you still lost. So I, it ain't no, oh, if Draymond, no. And he says it too. It doesn't matter. Y'all lost. So I don't care what people say. Greatest team of all time. You're not. You cannot be the greatest team of all You're time not. if you did not win the championship. That's just a fact. You cannot. Simple so yeah, facts. All was wonderful. 73 and 9. Blah, blah, blah. Great. Cool. You still lost when it mattered. Right? So you're not the greatest team of all time. Anyway, back to this series uh, with, with, with the Gridleys. Listen, I, I had to just drop that in there because the Warriors fans are annoying about that. Oh, they're uh, so annoying. No offense, guys. But y'all need to. Like, get Calm over it. Like, bit. get over it. Like, you lost. Like, it happens. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. 
this Grizzlies series, though, man, whoo, entertaining. And yeah, the, the Grizzlies kind of feel like they let one slip away, right? You had a chance, no dream yeah. on in the second half. You had a all time triple J game, 33 and 10. I mean, it, it, you got to win. You, you got to win games like that. You have to win that game, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the Warriors championship experience. Their know how, they've been in those situations countless times. They know how to execute and do what's <laughs> necessary. And, you know, for the Grizzlies, a lot of this is, these are all new experiences for these guys, right? Reference points they're going to add to their brains so that when yep. they're in this spot again, they know how to handle it, right? Um, But sorry, a coupon for shoes flashed on my screen. I got a little distracted. <laughs> my God. Anyway. But no, really quick, speaking of Draymond and his podcast, he said something, and again, common things that you should know, but when you hear them, they like shock you. I was listening to it and he was like, something about, I don't know if a reporter asked a question about, you know, was Steph, you know, what did Steph think about your foul or whatever? Like, mm-hmm. was basically trying to be like, was Steph pissed? Right, right. And he was like, I've been playing with Steph for 10 years. Don't come up here basically and try to, you know. Right, 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 right. Whatever. And I stopped in my tracks and I was like, wow, 10 years. We talk about championship DNA, but talk about that chemistry. Mm -hmm. You know this person inside and out more than probably your own family, like your blood. So I just thought that that was insane to just hear out loud because, again, that championship DNA could carry you through an entire series through unforeseen circumstances if somebody's oh. injured anything just because of that type of i hate to use the words clutch gene but like that it you is know, it, it's, that juice. it's it's corporate knowledge and know-how right mm-hmm. this core of draymond steph and clay have been together as you said for 10 years they've been running that system that they run since 2015 it is 2022 like they're masters of it. They're also masters of understanding the postseason, the moment, what yeah. to do when. There's nothing they haven't seen on a basketball floor yet that's going to be like, whoa, we don't know. So they're cool. They're not, they've been down 0-1 in a series. They've been down 3-1 in a series. Like they're not, they've been up one. They've been up, every possible scenario that could happen in the playoffs, they've seen it. So nothing is going to phase them. So again, if you are the Memphis Grizzlies, you don't have that same level of know-how and experience, but take something from them. Take your experience from last year when you won the first game against the Utah Jazz in round one, but then lost four straight, right? Take the experience from round one against the Minnesota Timberwolves where you lost game one and then won for the next five, right? Like these are the things you have to like take into consideration and use to your advantage until you get all the reference points so that nothing phases you, right? But Memphis has been a resilient team all year, Jenna. They've bounced back, um, you know, every time after a loss, just about. This will be their biggest bounce back yet, uh, effort and test. But, you know, if if they go back to Golden State, to San Francisco, tied at 1-1, they're going to feel a lot more buoyed and better about themselves than if they go down 0-2. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be rough. Yeah, 100%. I mean – we, I feel like we talk about this about certain teams that are in these types of positions being rookies in the playoffs as opposed to the vets in the Warriors. The There's an advantage, though, to being a rookie in the playoffs because you're playing for essentially like you have nothing to lose. Like this is the furthest you have ever been. So we talked about that um, many times in the past. Mm-hmm. Like 
you you're you're fighting every night for your life. So you're kind of it's just a different a different approach and lane to the series. So going to be interesting. Who do you think takes this? What was your prediction again? I think I said Warriors in six. Um, you know, nothing has really changed my mind from that. I think, look, I think the Grizzlies can easily win two games in this series. Again, I just believe that that corporate know-how and that championship medal is going to prove too tough. Now, from a basketball standpoint and adjustments, you know, the the Grizzlies all season have been mauling people on the on the on the on the glass, right? Offensive rebounds, et cetera, getting second chance opportunities. They did not do that uh, this this game one. The Warriors had more offensive rebounds than they did. So is this a series where Steven Adams can come in and make an impact? He is still out in health and safety protocols. When he clears, can he get on the court and do something? Does Taylor Jenkins make a move and play and start Brandon Clark alongside Triple J? That lineup seems to work very well, right? And it gives you a ton of switchability, right? And you can you can really limit when the, when the Warriors go after John Morant and try to isolate him one-on-one. So I think, you know, this is also, we talk about players in their first playoffs and getting used to, or, or their second playoffs, but early in their playoff career. Same for coaches, right? Taylor Jenkins, this is only his second go-around as a coach. Now, remember, he was on Coach Mike Budenholzer's staff, and we all know about Bud and his inflexibility and unwillingness to make changes, right? So will he, will he take that page out of Bud's playbook, or will he do his own thing and say, you know what? I've got to make changes myself and do the right thing here. I love it. Can't wait to see it. I've been a big fan of Jenkins. I think that he has been extremely smart throughout this postseason. So hopefully we see we see some tricks out of his hat. Let's uh, move on and talk about the Suns and the Mavericks because Phoenix leads a series 1-0. And I'm a little worried about our guy, uh, Luca, because he's dropping – a double-double, 45-piece, but it's still not enough. I mean, we we have the question here on the rundown, who's going to help him out? Because Jalen Brunson had a off night. Spencer Dinwiddie was limited on the offensive end. I mean, the Suns' defense, is it too much to, you know, it, I mean, so, what's the deal? I mean, you know, Jalen Brunson had a fantastic first round against the Utah yeah. against the Utah Jazz. Breakout. Well, I think he's quickly realizing that oh, the Phoenix Suns defense is not the Utah Jazz defense. That is correct. The Utah Jazz perimeter defenders led by Donovan Mitchell are atrocious, right? They're just not good. And Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder and Chris Paul, right? Uh and all these guys on the perimeter and Devin Booker, those guys compete and are good defenders. So you're going to have to work. And Jalen Brunson, is he's small. That's a lot of length besides Chris Paul you're going up with against on yeah. the perimeter, right? And it's the hardest thing in the NBA to do is score over length, particularly when you are already small, right, which Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson is. So he's noticing that. Look, Luke is going to do his thing because stars are stars, and they're going to always find a way to get theirs, right? But the goal with them is always to make them inefficient, right, make them take more shots and more possessions to get it and just make it difficult on them. Like, Mikel Bridges played great defense last night. Luka just hit tough oh. shots. And, like, yeah. great great players do that. 15 like, for 30. Like, great, play, great players are going to hit tough shots on you. That's just the nature of the beast. And you saw it didn't bother Bridges any. You know, he kind of just put his head back down, went back to work. They have a good defensive strategy. I just think, ultimately, yeah, Luka can win some games um, on his own. But I think Phoenix, as a collective unit, is just too much. 
And it's going to put a lot of pressure on the Dallas defense to come up big every game to stop them and stop them from executing. And, you know, I just don't think that they're up to the challenge four times out of seven. Look, the Phoenix Suns were the number one team in the NBA all season for a reason. Number three in adjusted offensive rating, number three in adjusted defensive rating. Like, mm-hmm. they're good, and they, they're a well-oiled machine, right? Like, they didn't have these, like, peaks and valleys like the Celtics. Oh, we turned it on, in Je- or, like, or the, even the Mavericks yeah. started off four. They've been consistently excellent all season long, and that first-round matchup against the Pelicans really sharpened them and woke them up a bit because, <sighs> you know, they were like, oh, we kind of – chilled and coasted through this was some real competition and you can see it they're heightened and they're ready to play and you saw it for the majority of that game one against the Mavericks 100% couldn't agree more and I mean shout out to Mikel Bridges man like wow what a good piece to have on your roster so huge consistent so much improved I mean his defense is incredible but I mean all these series like this is when it gets real deal like it's it gets hype, and I'm excited. And uh, you know, Mikel Bridges. Here, here's the beauty of that. Of that, and this is we talk about team building and like how rosters can get better and what they can do. When you have someone as elite as Bridges is on the defensive end, and is an improved offensive player, like he's an ex, he's an he is getting to that level of elite two way play, right? Mm-hmm. He's already elite defensively, and he is very good offensively not quite elite but very good offensive player when you have a player like that jenna who's long and you sign him to a four-year 90 million dollar extension that gives you so much room because a player that is that good right that you only that you have to only pay what is that 20 something million a year that opens up the rest of the roster to do other things like give Devin Booker, a max contract extension, like they did, like this summer, give DeAndre Ayton, a, right? It's it's finding players like Bridges who can be so good on the margin that you don't have to play max money to, right? <laughs> this is the problem a team like the Brooklyn Nets have, right? They, they can't get anybody like Mikel Bridges because they got three max slots tied up in Durant, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons. And two of those three people don't come to work, right? So, I mean, you, this is what, so when you're building a team, <laughs> Right. This is what you need. You need to find those elite players who, oh man, we don't have to pay them that much. I mean, it's a lot, but it's not what, you know, it's not a max deal. It allows you to do so many different things. And kudos to Mikel Bridges and the Villanova program, Jay Wright, who retired recently. Excellent job building those guys out, out of Villanova. Him, Jalen Brunson, like all these players who play over there at Villanova are just so excellent. They just understand the game. They know how to play on both ends of the floor. It's it's a beautiful thing. And you ever watch like interviews with a lot of these guys that come out of Villanova, especially Brunson and Bridges, they remind me of this. They have that same humbleness, that same quiet killer kind of mentality mm-hmm, attitude. Mm-hmm. Like they're not in the press or anything, like talking shit, like nothing. It's like, yeah, man. yeah they just do, they just do like, their work. They just do their yeah, work. That's and- it. And they show up. I, I, I like this Phoenix Suns team, Jenna. I really think, you know, Dallas may win a game here, maybe two, but I, I think Philly, Phoenix advances to the second, to the finals, conference finals. And, you know, a Phoenix Golden State matchup is what everybody wants. Um, I just got the chills. You know, it, it it's going to be Titanic. We know about the Chris Paul and Stephen Curry kind of like back and forth. And Draymond's going to be, you know, doing his thing. We're a long ways away from that before we Hit get to Bam. that. 
of it, but that's that's you know that's going to be interesting between Aiton and and, and Draymond and whatever. Or Aiton, there. oh my right, god! Right, right. No, I, I got them. you. I, I knew I knew what you meant. Um, oh. Yeah, no, it, that. But again, long ways to go before we get there. We're still at game two of the conference semis. What I will say is though, last note about the Mavericks: if you, if the if their role players can't step up, yeah. Luke is going to get so gassed so fast, and, and Kleber, I'm nervous. Yeah, Kleber shot it well in, in that game. Hit a bunch of threes. Dorian Finney-Smith did some threes. You know, but listen, they're going to need Brunson and Dinwiddie. Those guys are going to have to contribute, right? Like, and penetrate that Suns defense, which has been excellent all year. And I just think that the Suns just I think the Suns just have more guys who know what to do. And look, we haven't even had like a Booker, a great Booker game yet, right? So I mean, this is this is the thing. Like, there's just so Phoenix has so many weapons. That they can mm-hmm. that they can throw out at you that you know you whereas at Dallas you know it's a Luca really thing Luca's kind of the head of the snake if I yeah. stop him I'm pretty good but this this Phoenix team has shown listen we can score from a variety of different ways different areas we get into our stuff we move the ball they're they're gonna be a tough team to beat shout out Monty Williams yeah hell of a job in there the Valley of the Sun well guys I mean again we're at the conference semis here it's gonna fly by so make sure you stick around with us we got you covered every week remember our betting segment which drops every Tuesday live it's a live show prior to this and Gerard's been winning all week mm-hmm. wait before we go I have to say um, my boyfriend texted me before and he sent me a screenshot of his bets <laughs> and he said come on Gerard with like a little um, emoji I was like this is amazing I love it I love it listen that's my job to help win Jenna's boyfriend and her dad money out here on these bets because they listen and they and they copy my bets. Listen, every week I give you at least one. That's all I can say. At least one every week. <laughs> show up to the show, you'll win at least some money. At it might not be a lot, but you'll be a lot. Beginning of something. Anyway, folks, thanks as always for rocking with us. Of course, we are part of the Props Network, so we're happy to be there with those guys. Follow us at Seven Brothers Pod on Twitter, at Seven Brothers Podcast on Instagram at J.S. Hector, at Jenna Lemoncelli. And until next time, everybody, cheese. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we made come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do